Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Talk about that tonight. Well, absolutely, he's going to talk about that tonight. It's, you're going to hear from him tonight about the things we've accomplished in the first two years that are making a difference in people's lives. Twelve million jobs created during President Biden's first two years in office. Historic low unemployment, wages going up, uh, investments in our infrastructure, our roads and bridges, uh, historic gun safety legislation. So, yes, uh, the American people are going to hear directly from the president tonight about what we've accomplished in the first two years, but also about the path forward, about how we're going to keep building on that progress, how we're going to finish the job. Is your life better off now than it was two years ago? Well, that's the way Kate Bedingfield is going to pose the State of the Union as a conversation of, look how much better off your life is now than it was two years ago. Well, then the question is, is your life better off now than it was two years ago? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, what is going on? 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. I want to hear from you. I want to know. Is it better off? And if so, how? And if not, how? That's all. Some people are thinking, oh, classic, classic talk radio. Kind of kind of get the pylon going. What if, what if your life's better? What, I'm not going to take the call? I want to hear it. Should I note, or fail to note, I should say, that as a content creator, over the past... Well, four years, yeah, I do better than I did the first four years or the four years prior. It's absolutely true. I do financially better than I did four years ago. The last four years versus the four years prior. Should I also note that has to do with being in the game and learning how to get better at what I do? That over time, naturally people, or I should say naturally, oftentimes people do get better and they understand how to make their business better and they understand how to uh, engage uh, um, the the financials, the, the monetizing better. That as a radio host, I become more and more valuable to my stations because I provide better and better content, provide a larger and larger audience. By the way, thank you. Appreciate that. I, I am... I am better off now than I was two years ago. None of that has to do with Biden. And if we engage engage the things that are, are problematic, it certainly is the cost of everything. I am not better off when it comes to how social media has throttled me. I'm not better off with the price of gas. Oh, sure, down from the peak, but still a dollar a gallon more than it was when Joe Biden took office. I'm not better off because of the eggs. I can argue that overall, in terms of of dollars and cents earned, generated through content, what I create, right? I I, I don't um, uh, create, for example, uh, homes. I don't build houses. I create create content and more and more people are interested in the content every day i accept that i might not be in the majority if there has been over the past three years no real wage increase 
And there has been massive inflationary pressure that has affected, so we're clear, all of us. It's not like somehow I got left out of that conversation. But I I, I never lie. I never lie. I can have this conversation as clear as day. Not everybody has been able to increase their income. So they're dealing with a stagnating income, and yet these increased costs. Are you better off now? I can argue that what I've created has put me in a better situation, but I am not better off because of a single Joe Biden policy, nor a single progressive move. As a matter of fact, I'm worse off. When I tell you, I don't even bother with Facebook anymore. I'm so throttled over there. The only reason I have come back to Twitter is because Elon Musk spent whatever, $400 bajillion on the damn thing. This is why. I'm only better off uh, in, in, in terms of, of utilizing Rumble over YouTube because a guy who talks the politics I do and smokes the cigars I do can't get monetized over at YouTube. Lord forbid. But let's put me to the side. Americans telling you that they're better off? No way possible no way possible as adam uh, puts out on the twitter box if your life is better than it was two years ago you shouldn't need a state of the union to sell you on it you would just see it as such and we all know that no one can claim it's better that's accurate yet this is what the white house communications director kate bedingfield is telling you is is the plan He's going to sell his accomplishments as opposed to giving a vision for the future. Which is to say, no one's buying in. No one thinks that the country is better off. The country is not better with Biden policies. And the proof is in the daily existence. But as we take a look at this State of the Union coming tonight, man, economy is going to be his top main focus. It's going to be the main pillar. And he's going to say, look at the jobs we've created and look at the low unemployment rate. He's going to take a look at last month and he's going to say 500,000 jobs created. And he's going to point to people like the uh, Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, and her commentaries that, you know, when you, when, when, when you have uh, 500,000 jobs, 500,000 jobs, you don't really have uh, a problem. Oh, oh, she said it with, with a smile on her Janet Yellenish face. With a smile on her face, Janet Yellen told you when you when you're creating five hundred thousand jobs a month, yeah, you're not in a recession. Sure. Whatever you say, 
would seem to me that many people don't agree. Just like when they discuss the idea of the low unemployment rate. They aren't discussing labor force participation. Nor is there a conversation of the baby boomers and others who have said because of COVID, you know what, we're done. We're, we're just pulling out. Yes, some people have had to get some little nonsense jobs because they are concerned that their 401k has been so decimated they just want to keep up. And I'm not trying to insult people of, of certain jobs. I'm saying that people who thought they were retired going to work, uh, you know, 27 hours a week, they may refer to as nonsense. Just to keep up with the inflation and to hopefully not lose what it is they work so hard to save. Biden's going to come at you strong, strong, and tell you how good things are. Remember, he did that just the other day. There's uh, well, I have some good news. Before I head to Philadelphia, I wanted to say a few words about how I think is strikingly good news that we just received. Next week, I'll be reporting on the State of the Union. But today, today, I'm happy to report that the state of the union and the state of our economy is strong. We learned this morning that the economy's created 517,000 jobs just last month. More than half a million jobs in just the month of January. In addition, we also learned that we there are half a million more jobs created last year than we thought. So the January report is updated. I mean, excuse me, the December report is updated. Add that all up, it means we've created 12 million 12 million jobs since I took office. That means we have created more jobs in two years than any presidential term. That's not true. That is a lie. And it's going to be part of what he tries to sell this evening. The reason that it is a lie is that no jobs have been created under Joe Biden. Zero. I'm more than happy to debate this anywhere, anytime with anyone. There have been no jobs created in the past two years. You told people they couldn't go to work. You told people they couldn't have their jobs. You told them they weren't allowed to open their business because it was non-essential or something. Then you opened back up and people went back to work, right? That, that's what happened. Well, the total amount of people who have gone back to work still at this stage of the game have not eclipsed the amount of people who gave up going to work during COVID. People going back to their job is not job creation. And the Biden administration, Joe Biden himself, Kate Bedingfield there in, in that conversation you just heard, lying through their teeth. It's just a lie. Remember, Joe Biden is the guy who not only tells you what a great job he's done with the economy, he takes no blame for inflation. That's the other guy's fault. But then again, he doesn't take blame for anything. Ask him about classified documents. 
No. No. No, I got to stop playing those helicopter pressers. I said it the other day. I really do have to stop. No blame for this. No blame for that. No blame for the other. It's all everybody else's fault. But here, here's all the things I did that I didn't actually do. It is clear to many of us that Joe Biden's credibility is on the line. That over two years, what we have learned is that he is not capable. Now, we knew this, but now America has seen this. According to a couple of reports, the Sarah Huckabee Sanders rebuttal, she's the governor of Arkansas, former press secretary for uh, Donald Trump, the daughter of the former Arkansas governor, um, Mike Huckabee. Her rebuttal will include the fact that Joe Biden is not qualified. Her rebuttal includes that Joe Biden is unqualified to be president, unfit to lead. Oh, yeah, grab your popcorn. Damn, it's going to be good. Dang! There's a lot to break down in this State of the Union, which I think, was it start at 9? Start at 9 Eastern? I'm going to watch. Of course, I'm going to watch so you don't have to. I got you covered. I got you. But you might want to watch. You might actually want to watch it happen. Because it's not every day. You know you're going to get lied to. They know they're going to lie to you. And then you get lied to. And I say that not because I'm some kind of terrible partisan. But because I, um, I just shared with you what they're already saying. And it was easy to refute it with facts. And this is just the beginning. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Very happy to see we're taking a look at election security and integrity. I I thought this was the kind of thing that you were told um, didn't, didn't matter. It was all just a a bit of conspiracy theory anyway. Safest elections ever, don't you know? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. So this is a story about electronic poll books that are used to check in voters. And this is a little different than actual voting machines. Because there are places in the country where you don't have a polling place that you go to. You don't have a polling place that you go to. You can literally go anywhere, which I thought was pretty strange. How do you ensure someone doesn't go from place to place to place to place and cast votes? Well, that's what these, these tablets do. These tablets to be a laptop, are able to connect via the internet, of course. So if somebody checks in in one place, it's known to all the people. Well, that creates an issue 
because now somebody can hack into that system and show that that John Q. Public now hasn't voted. And then John Q. Public could go and vote in all these places and only show up once and everything's fine. And who knows? Who actually knows? So these uh, poll books create an issue. And there's a security issue going on with the ability to to break in and, and, and kind of engage this manipulation. And so now... They're looking into it. One third of all voting jurisdictions in the U.S. used these poll books in 2020. It was 18% four years earlier. Can I tell you that we have not proven that technology makes us better off when it comes to voting? And I know there are people out there who are saying we should be able to vote from our phones. We're all crazy. We are all out of our minds crazy. But I love that, well, we're, we're noticing there could be some, uh, what is it, fallibility? That's, I think that's the word. I think that's accurate. With our voting system. We may not have it right and all together. I'm so old. I remember when you said, hey, there could be issues. You were called a conspiracy theorist. You were a nutbag. You were just, uh, you know, inciting an insurrection. You were just... Um, it, it, beyond conspiracy theories, that's what you were about. You're just the worst. And now it's just a, it's just an article from the Associated Press. Every time that happens, you're reminded that when you addressed the situation, then you were right. For political reasons, people tried to diminish you, shame you, attack you, vilify you. It is very, very hard to stand up to those people. And to the onslaught, this is what they depend on. So they label you and they and they, and they mark you. They basically scarlet letter you. And then a couple years later, here comes uh, an article about how in 2016, Russian hackers scanned state voting registering registration systems looking for vulnerabilities. And in 2020, Iranian hackers obtained confidential voter data and used it to send misleading emails to voters. Lord only knows what the Chinese are trying to do. You're not crazy. You're not crazy for noting a problem. You're not crazy for asking a question. They are desperate to call you crazy. They hate you. They want you to accept what you get. Don't even talk about it. Don't complain about it. You're lucky we let you live anyway. You're not crazy. There are issues. I like that we're finally addressing some. Lord only knows the number we're not addressing at all. This is Tony Katz today. Over 5,000 dead in this earthquake in Turkey that also affected northern Syria. You have 
people desperately searching for survivors, the longer this goes on, uh, the less you find people alive. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. The president of Turkey, um, Recep Erdogan, declaring a state of emergency in the areas of southeast Turkey for the next three months. And the quakes... They keep on coming. I had, I thought I had it up. Uh, the U.S. Geological, was it the USGS, taking a look at the quakes going on in the area. And they just keep coming. You know, you take a look at the, the interactive map of the latest uh, quakes. And uh, yeah, there was one in Fiji, and then there was one in Micronesia. Well, these are parts of the world where you expect these things to happen there in the Pacific Rim. But you take a look at, by the way, there are two quakes in Micronesia of a 5.2. See, see, this is why I usually don't look at these things, because you will freak your stuff out. The swarm of earthquakes that have taken place in and around these areas of Turkey only now just starting to calm down, although they did a little bit earlier have an aftershock of five on the Richter scale, which we would say, hey, that's a quake. Oh, yeah. If there was a 5.0 earthquake, I mean, I know that, that uh, you know, I, I live in Indiana. If, if Indiana had an earthquake, which it has had before, a five on the Richter scale, everybody would stop. It's all you would talk about for the next six months. This is their aftershocks. So again, I don't, I don't look at this every day. I, I claim zero expertise. But you got to wonder whether or not there is indeed some movement going on or, or this is all the precursor to, to, to more movement. This is all just the, the wake-up call to get ready and watch this. Because these are these are some pretty big movement, uh, some pretty big movement in these tectonic plates, pretty big stuff indeed. So we will not have an answer as to um, how much damage has been done and how lasting. There's also there's been damage. There was a a castle. In, in, the, in the main city in Turkey where this took place, the name of the town, uh, oh, it starts with a G, and I can't remember the name of it. I apologize. Well, there was a castle there, 2,000 years old. That castle, uh, Gaziantep, G-A-Z-I-A-N-T-E-P. There was a castle. That castle was kind of like ripped in half. 2,000 years just hanging out, you know, fortifying and whatnot, gone. Gone. Meanwhile, the State of the Union uh, tonight, and for the third year in a row, there is an eight-foot black metal fence surrounding the Capitol, only proving that walls work. No? Yes? No? No? They, they, they put the fence back up for the State of the Union. 
Walls work. That's all there is to it. That's all there's ever been to it. That's all there will be to it. It is stunning to watch these people uh, uh, at play here. And as for this, this State of the Union, you know, I've been breaking down some of the component pieces of it. And, and you, of course, will have the White House uh, touting, Biden touting the economy. But what's stunning to me is that he is going to absolutely make the call for unity. Joe Biden is going to try and convince you that he is still the unifier in chief. He still wants to bring people together. Now, none of his statements actually make that true. Every single one of his statements has you understanding how much disdain he has for the Republican Party or how much disdain he is told to share for the Republican Party. But since he's always been a bully, he's always been a thug, he's always been this guy, this nasty, nasty guy. I mean, you, you hear his comments, you, you go back uh, history. Here, let me, let me go back in, in history for you uh, right here. This, this was, um, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, this was last week. Are up, wages are up, inflation is down, and COVID no longer controls our lives. But now the extreme MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives have made it clear they intend to put it all at risk. They intend to destroy. No, I'm not a joke. When I, look, you may remember when during the off-year election I started talking about MAGA Republicans and democracy, and a lot of you thought, what the hell is he talking about? Why isn't he talking about A, B, C, or D specific issue? Well, guess what? They intend to destroy the pro- This is not your father's Republican Party. No, really, think about it. These aren't conservatives. These aren't conservatives. These are disruptive people. They intend to destroy the progress we made. Folks, as I said, this is not your father's Republican Party. Just take a look. So unifying. Wait until he learns that a vast amount of Republicans are very thankful that this is not our father's Republican Party. Because that Republican Party didn't tell anybody to kiss off, didn't tell anybody to shove it, didn't tell anybody this ain't going to work. The old Republican Party didn't fight back. Now, I can even make the argument that I am not a populist that I believe that conservatism has foundings and and requires a study, whether that's Locke or Burke or Milton or John Stuart Mill, whatever the case may be, conversations about the foundations of, of free speech, of free thought, of free minds, of free men and women, how that happens and how that evolves in order to see some of the things that are happening today and know how to properly counteract it. And how to have a nation of which you do have pride in, to which you do want to support and protect, but you don't necessarily believe that you have to implement your nation upon other nations. So, for example, when I'm told that the United States is is in the business of, of empire building, what the hell are you talking about? Even with the Marshall Plan, we didn't say it was the United States of Germany. 
We rebuilt Germany. We didn't plant our flag and say, we own Europe now. You all speak English, you silly frogs of France. You surrender to the Germans. Don't you tell me you're something special. You're lucky we let you have the art back. No. We said, ooh, baguettes. And then, okay, go back to being uh, French. And they did. Empire building. Where? Wanting to um, push the ideas of, of liberty and, and, and freedom. Smart. Wanting to counter the evil that is communism. Smart. We just need to do it better in the United States. Because, man, these people are brazen as a mother. Brazen are these commie pinkos right here. A vicious mother, isn't he? All commies are vicious mothers. They have to be fought. They have to be countered. Absolutely. I'm thankful we are not that Republican Party of old where you just take the punch and take the punch and take the punch. George Bush got called a murderer every single day and did nothing. He did nothing. He did nothing to make his case. He did nothing to make it easier for people who wanted to make his case. Zero. He was wrong. But this is all about Joe Biden being divisive. Does this sound like a unifier to you? Look what they're doing. They campaigned on fiscal responsibility. But the first bill to pass the House of Representatives added $114 billion to the deficit. First one. They introduced another bill to limit the president's authority over the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Because they're mad, I use that authority to lower gas prices by $1.50 a gallon, period. A divider and a liar. it's, It's the double whammy. He is both the divider and the liar. And that, of course, the idea that uh, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and the release of, of oil there lowered gas prices. This isn't factual. All it did was create issues for the United States and, and make us weaker, especially cost us money when we now have to put that oil back. It's going to cost us more. Again, unifying? They introduced a bill... Mr. Gunnar, you think I'm crazy? When I said this stuff in the off here, people looked at me like I was nuts. They're nuts. I'm not the one. <laughs> they introduced a bill that will eliminate the IRS and replace it with a 30% national sales tax. <laughs> oh, no. I don't even know what he's talking about there. I have no idea what he's talking about with a 30% national sales tax. Now, maybe I missed it. Maybe here, how about let's let's look it up. Thirty percent national sales tax. Let's let's see. Oh, this is about abolishing the IRS altogether. Is that what this is? Is it somebody pushing an idea? As opposed to the abusive IRS? Then the income tax, which has helped no one, the Fair Tax Act introduced by Earl Carter would abolish income, payroll, estate, and gift taxes and propose a 23% national sales tax. The effective rate would be 30% according to um, a uh, think tank. 
So under the bill, if you buy something that costs $100 before tax, you pay $30 of national state's sales tax. That's what this is. Now, you and I could say, hmm, that's not, that's not what I want. Or, ooh, that is what I want. But check out how Joe Biden just phrased that. Craig, when I said this stuff in the off year, people looked at me like I was nuts. They're nuts. I'm not the one. They introduced a bill that will eliminate the IRS and replace it with a 30% national sales tax. Oh, no. You heard me. 30% national sales tax. Think about that. That means 30% on groceries, gasoline, clothing, school supplies, medicine, big ticket items, rent, and cars. Shifting the entire burden of the working class and middle class in America. Well, that is also not true. The income tax has done us no good. Zero good. No bit of good has come from it. It has only divided us. It has only harmed us. And there should be no income tax. Why is the government involved in my in, in contract or somehow my partner in a deal I make for the content I create or for the work that you do? So if you want to think of this as more of going back to basics, that's what this would be. But isn't that exactly the argument that you oppose, Joe? Say what you mean. You think that certain people that you've decided are rich should pay the taxes and other people should pay nothing. This is your argument. Some should pay for others. Your argument is from each according to their measure and to each according to their needs. Funny, I've heard that one before. I didn't even know this was being proposed. I can't tell you that I'm a fan of this. But I do know that when it comes to taxes, things like luxury taxes, etc., that is the that was the traditional in how revenues were raised, not on income. If you want to get rid of income, payroll, estate and gift taxes, Let's start with the basics. What's wrong with that? But Joe Biden let you know what's wrong with it. It helps the rich people too much. It lets you know what Joe Biden's all about. He's not about everybody paying their fair share. He's about some people paying for other people. Not a unifier once again. You can disagree without the name calling. Nope, not if you're Joe. Joe's only going to name call. I'm Tony Katz. I should note, just did a quick read on this legislation, this idea of the Fair Tax Act, which would abolish uh, the income tax, the payroll tax, estate tax, and gift taxes, and propose a 23% national sales tax. Uh, It is opposed by enough members of the House, it's not going to go anywhere, including the Speaker. They oppose it. Now, it's funny, I'm looking at this, and like I get the idea that if you would bring this up right now, it's like saying to Democrats, here, utilize this to campaign against Republicans. The GOP wants a 30% sales tax, because that's how it's going to get stated. It's not going to say, here, you, you get rid of all this, and you have this. Uh, a, I wouldn't make it 30%, I don't even know how to make it 23%, neither here nor there. But we can't go on as we do.
let's be clear that our tax system is obscene. Income taxes are obscene. They are. They are in every single way wrong. And I'm more than up for the discussion of getting rid of them. Sonny on Twitter, you're right, the Dems won't give up on the progressive tax system because of their love of class warfare. Well, that's the only thing that the income tax has created, man. I agree with you there. If, if we are to ask ourselves, since 1913, oh, a lot of bad things happened in 1913. In 1913, when we instituted a federal income tax, can you point to me, can you point me to one thing that is better because of it? Just one thing. What is better because of the federal income tax? That's what I thought. So we've got more breakdown of the State of the Union to do. And wait till you hear about this conversation from the border, the conversation out of Oklahoma, and then, of course, people who think that somehow... America's, well, devoted to white supremacy. That's next.